Great show coming up, I can tell you. There's just so much variety, including the one debate about um, whether LinkedIn really works and, and, and uh, whether it is the ultimate business marketing tool. I'll, I'll probably put that question to Roxy Makache as I chat to her about because uh, I know she's on LinkedIn. I've checked it out just now a few minutes ago. Let's talk about, the, before that, we'll talk about market research because um, I suppose that's the basis of all things that we make decisions on. So just think about this one, market research. How reliable, how credible is market research in terms of the information on the one hand? And then as a marketer, uh, and really you can have a corner shop uh, or a spaza shop, and you are still a marketer, you need to make some decisions based upon what the environment is. Do you actually use that type of research? So we're going to have that chat for the next uh, 25 minutes. Then we'll talk about LinkedIn. Then we'll talk about Odemirster. And there's lots more to come later on. Let's then start with the issue around uh, uh, market research. Uh, we'll be joined by Sefiso Falala in a few minutes' time. But Jan Wachlin with me for now as well, senior team leader and a researcher at uh, TNS Johannesburg. Jan, good chatting to you. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. So give, give me your thoughts. I mean, convince me that, that uh, I mean, you're, you're, you're with a market research company, uh, but convince me that it's, it's credible, it's effective, uh, not just your company, but the entire industry. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Ashraf. The, um, the market research industry has been, as you, as, as you may know, been around in South Africa anyway for more than 50 years. And the... Um, the, the principle behind it being asking questions and asking those questions of the selection of the population, um, those are quite well founded in statistical principles. So uh, questionnaire, the questions in a questionnaire are tested generally for uh, validity and reliability, um, validity in the, in the sense that it takes into account um, cultural differences and colloquialisms and and the target market-specific type of, of, of issues. And reliability is, does the question ask the same thing or is the interpretation the same over time? Okay, but, but so, the simple question I'm asking you is to what degree do people believe in market research and its overall ability to deliver true and effective results to those that ask for it? Well, we, we we as an industry give those feedback in terms of survey results to uh, marketers and to business decision makers in general. And the principle behind it is that what what we talk to the target market about is given into the context of the business issue or in the broader business principle, and we give that context through to make a decision. And the decisions that are made from a business point of view is then filtered through. And we get quite a lot of uh, feedback on that where we've done an initial survey, a decision was made, we follow up on the survey and monitor the progress through that, and we can see that that works. And clients generally make, make the decision based on the research because it's a strategic or tactical um, decision that needs to be made and they employ the market research industry um, for their professionalism and the way in which we work. All right. Um, let let to, me do to, this. To based on that. All right. I'm going to throw it out to, to listeners too. You can SMS and just a simple question to you as a listener. Market research, how much value do you attach to it? I mean, it means 
What I'm saying is how credible is it? If I tell you, and especially now we're into election season, there's a poll that says uh, party so-and-so will win X amount of uh, votes at the upcoming election, uh, and it's based on, on a certain research. Do, do, you, do you sort of take it seriously? And what about the various contradictions that come through as well? So we'll chat to uh, Sifisa Falala as well, but you can SMS 34701. I'll read that now. Roxy Makata is, is with me, who's uh, from the group research manager at uh, Tiger Benz. Now, of course, you're on the other side of the fence, right? And, pr- and strategically very important, therefore, in, in, in telling us whether you take the, this type of information very seriously. Absolutely. And if I can just add to what Jan has just said, is research is all about asking the right questions in order to get the right answers, which is why he touches on the questionnaire. Mm-hmm. But uh, over and above that, in terms of the, the credibility and just the, the accuracy of it, there are a few input factors that have to be in place. Like, are you talking to the right people? Is the target market the right people that should be spoken to about the issue at hand? Is the sampling in terms of the whether it's regional, the demographics, um, the process of actual random sampling, has that been done correctly? Mm-hmm. Those are some of the input factors we look at. And somebody like me in my position is when a TNS, for example, comes to me and says, this is a proposal for research. I want to make sure that all those inputs are in place because then I can be sure that what we're going to get out of that will be exactly what we're looking for. Which means what you're saying is before you accept uh, uh, the research of TNS, you actually research TNS and their ability (laughs) to ask the right question, which I think is quite fascinating. Well, luckily I've worked with TNS for over at least 10 years or so, so I'm I'm quite comfortable with that. But but I mean, the bottom line, the company credibility is on the line. All the time you need to check whether they're doing their job right. So what about uh, Plus94, another market research company Sifiso Falala is with me the CEO there Sifiso we haven't chatted in a while how are you? I'm fine myself uh, how are you doing? Very good indeed uh, right your, your thoughts on this I'm, I'm wondering and, and, and really what got me thinking about this just the uh, uh, you know sometimes you talk politics or even business but just the incredible uh, differences in terms of, of various polls that come through with regard to market research so, I mean how convince us that it's very credible um, uh, I'm, I'm, I have to make sure that I understand the question. Are you saying How? that uh, polls what? about market research or research findings that are presented by different research companies? Yeah, what I'm saying is, is different companies come up with sometimes very, very different results, and even a 5 or 10% variable is, is massively important when, you, when you're making decisions, right? How, in your opinion, when you look at various studies, not just your own company, how sure are you that it's like, okay, it's absolutely believable? Yeah, that's a, that's a very good question. Obviously, um, everything uh, depends on how the survey has been designed. Uh, the different uh, research companies will make various assumptions based on what they have understood the research brief to, ha- to be. Um, and once you've decided what the research universe is, uh, that can have a, a huge impact on your, on your results. If certain parts of the population, for example, are excluded from the universe, mm-hmm. that inherently will impact the findings that you get. Uh, from the survey. I heard the lady from Tiger Brands talking about the the questions and then also about the, the sample. But I think beyond the sample is, 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 is also, say for instance, um, now we read a lot um, in the papers about um, projections of election results and stuff like that. 
And say, for instance, you've interviewed uh, people, but you haven't included people in farming areas, mm-hmm. in mining areas, in um, in hostels, in, 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 in different parts of the country, outside the country that potentially would vote. That inherently would have an impact. Okay. So um, I think it's important for uh, whoever is doing the survey to make sure that the universe of the survey is comprehensively uh, defined. If not, then they have to restrict the interpretation of the survey to the universe that has been used. Right. Well, well, there you are. I mean, and just ironic, someone saying, Ashraf, what about saying Happy Easter? And that, that I suppose, is, a, is another market research thing, isn't it? In terms of what's important to certain people in the country and what's not important to others. So that tells you that someone else saying, I'm a, I'm a regular listener, so thank you for, for listening anyway. Uh, let's then get back to, to Jan Vaklin, and I want to get your opinion too. If you wish to comment, 0891 We're talking about market research. We're talking about the tools that are used. We're talking about the reliability the overall effectiveness, the believability, all things around uh, that valuable bit of information that we all interpret uh, and maybe interpret the way we then see fit, which is another whole issue. Uh, let me then bring in Jan Vaklin. Jan, so talk to me about this. You know, you spoke about the type of questions and, and uh, Roxy suggesting the same thing. We've talked about the universe from Safiso. But, but key to this, you know, besides, say, clients are even consumers who don't quite know how the questions are asked and, and the samples. And yet, the results of this market research is then published in newspapers, talked about on radio and TV shows. And, and, and listeners, in this case consumers, don't really know, you know what comes up. So how difficult is it for them to, to believe what is said? Well, it's a, that's, that's an interesting question because the... As I as I said earlier on, I mean the, the the questions are tested and and made sure that they do ask what they should. The respondents, as we deal through the um, questionnaire and we work through the questions that they ask, the structure of the questionnaire is in that sense quite important because uh, one starts with more general questions and and funnel down to the particular issues that that one is interested in. So that's just based on um, a general way of thinking and how people interpret the world around them. So the the questions are asked in a way that would take that into account and take the principles upon which people work when they stand in front of a shelf and they need to make a decision mm-hmm. about which product. But the point I'm making is that is that sometimes listeners don't you see the, con- the point I'm making consumers don't always know that in terms of what goes into the questions. Tony's saying, yeah. "Good morning, I always consider these uh, political research and comments lightly and it's a general indicator guide." Roxy, you, you want to add to that? That that point that, you know, uh, you know, of course you can't speak on behalf of the public, but let's say yeah. from from a Tiger Brands point of view, the fact that you know, how do you really know the, the the tools that go into that particular market research? So different companies come up with different research for the same thing, isn't it? They do, exactly. And you're talking from a perspective of an average consumer on the street. Yeah. 
Well, I'm saying they, they would never know. You know, you made the point earlier. You could ask uh, uh, guys like TNS exactly the type of questions that you want to know before you accept their version. Uh, the man in the street or the woman in the street clearly has no idea. The man in the street is actually putting a lot of trust into the credibility and the integrity of the industry. So they actually will not know what the full methodology has been taken. But I do know that generally with some of these public uh, published um, studies, um, if I think of the Best Love brands or some of the other studies that are happening, Generally, the, the agency would give an indication of the type of methodology that was taken in terms of sample size, what regions they went to. They're not going to go into the full details, but you'll get an average picture in terms of what was the spread of the people, where did they talk to them. And even if you don't get the, the questions, um, you get a, a good idea of what went into the study. Okay, they'll have, they'll have some idea, which, which then gets me back to uh, one of my three guests, Efiso Falala, the CEO of uh, Plus 94. Efiso, so, so in, in your business, I mean, is the trend therefore upwards or is the trend downwards with regard to companies needing to use market research before they make decisions? Because I think that would be the primary reason why companies would need market research. Uh, the trend is, is, I would say, upwards at the moment. The, the main reason being that um, the various platforms for consumer interaction with brands have increased. Um, consumers are no longer as predictable as they used to be where you could research what consumers would do over the next seven days. Mm-hmm. It's hard enough now to keep up with what they'll be doing over the next 30 minutes or over the next five minutes. And that has uh, placed uh, clients in a situation where what used to be conventional um, wisdom nowadays can actually be folly. And uh, understanding and interpreting your market um, has become uh, crucially important. Having said that, I, I thought I'd comment on your earlier remark about um, consumers consuming research in which they have taken um, a part in providing answers to questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is critically important there is that in, in 99% of cases that research is conducted, the main consumer is the business person that sells a product at the end of the day, and very rarely do you find the provider of the information ultimately also being a consumer of the same. And in such a situation, uh, companies have to rely on uh, best practice to, to, to implement what is, uh, to communicate the findings in a way that is digestible and friendly to the public. In, in short, they have to be responsible in what they communicate and how they communicate communicated and that responsibility means that companies also have to be ethical in the sort of uh, public information that they put out. Mm. All right, that's important. I'll, I'll get the thoughts of Jan Wachlund in just a second, but uh, for the moment now, Roxy, Mark just give me your thoughts from a Tiger brand point of view. You've already mentioned you use people like TNS, but give us an insight into into how you go about making the decision to use market research companies because what i'm asking part of that question is yeah. is there a standardized way that different people do it if you want if you're watching a hundred meter race in athletics the one who crosses the le- line first the is the winner and therefore the best how do we know in market research who is the best uh well a lot of that comes also in knowing the the industry and from my perspective i mean i've been in the dist- industry for about 15 years so i pretty much know the key players 
I think the big in the big companies, but there have been a whole lot of uh, other smaller research companies that have come up in the last few years, which I've, I'm also trying to um, up- upgrade my database. But from a tiger perspective, uh, one of our values, in fact, our first value as a corporate is that our consumers are our business. And really what we mean by that is we take their view seriously, we take mm-hmm. their needs seriously. So as a company, we've gotten to the point where we understand that it's very important to always have an understanding of their emotional and functional need states at all times, given the type of categories that we are participating in. We're talking about everyday food, food and beverage, beverage products. So it's, we know that even before we go into any innovation, renovation, product development, we must make sure that we've informed the decisions based on good market insight. From a procurement policy, every brief that I have for research must go out to three agencies. Mm -hmm. It's just our procurement policy. And that means we get three proposals back, and then we are able to then measure across cost in terms of methodology, in terms of the company credibility. Then we get to a decision in terms of who is the best person to go with. Okay, which gets me thinking, uh, Jan, whether, is, is there a standardized way of doing market research? What, what I'm saying is, if we were talking accounting now, I think that there are, you can safely say there's a standardized practice in terms of what's best business practice in the accounting industry. Does the same apply to market research? Yeah, the, um, there are many different solutions to different business problems, and probably the, the two main distinctions in the market research industry is between qualitative and quantitative. Um, and each one of them has a whole range of different solutions. The, uh, there are patterns within the solutions that can be applied to the same business issue, um, but the, which, is, which drives the competitive edge between the various different market research businesses. Um, as Roxy indicated, it is a competitive industry and each business has a slight interpretation of um, how they would address that business issue with a customized um, business solution or research solution to address the issue. So the, the trade off is then between will this answer my, my question, my business issue and what's the price tag attached to that? All right, uh, Roxy, before I come to you, Sifisa, your thoughts on that, you know, standardized best practice in, in, in the industry, is there such a thing like that? Uh, there are various research platforms, and um, the, the best research company will be the one that chooses the correct platform at the time for the particular research problem at hand. For example, one platform might be uh, doing research online, doing research um, uh, using social networks is another platform. Uh, doing research um, at home, speaking to people in their houses, doing a focus group, all these are different platforms because they, 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 they are there and there are many. Uh, there is no guessing uh, what each research company is going to recommend. Mm-hmm. And very often clients uh, would say, I actually have made a decision that I am going to do focus groups or I have made a decision that I'm going to do online surveys. And you may find that the research company accepts that as gospel truth. 
whereas, in fact, it may not necessarily be the best approach under the circumstances. Yeah, well, so there is no, there is no one, there, there are various platforms, and within each platform, there are various methodologies. And these methodologies will then, as Jan was saying, some of them would be qualitative, others would be quantitative. Yeah. And then you have observation which, which, techniques where which, you can just observe what people are doing, where they are, and, and therefore their propensity to buy certain products by virtue yeah. of their location. Which, which gets me think that decision makers ultimately still have to go with their gut feeling in terms of whether they think they're dealing with the right uh, market research company. A classic one, I'm re- reading this now, in fact, uh, off Twitter. Uh, a new report has outlined how the age of social media has opened the way for visible engaging employees that mu- that make their criticism and advocations known. The report uh, says now that 95% of employees uh, could fire their staff for being critical of their employees uh, on social media. And it quotes a company, KR- KRC Research. And immediately I was like, okay, how do they know that? How, how do we know what sort of questions they've asked? Don't answer that. It just gets me thinking about that. Roxy, w- from, from a Tiger Brands point of view, what, what would you change in the industry? What would I change in the industry? Um, I'll tell you what keeps me awake at night. Um, definitely is the fact that in terms of market research, especially consumer research, we are talking to people. And I just feel like as an industry, and this is a global issue, as an industry, we need to start taking into consideration the psychology of human behavior. Mm-hmm. You cannot ignore that if you're talking to people and getting their views. And it's all about, is it how do you get the right answers with, without asking direct questions? Because we found that a lot of the times you actually need to find a technique of asking something to a consumer to get the answer you're looking for as opposed to a direct way. And I, I was up in, uh, in Amsterdam uh, in 2012 to talk at a, at a global conference. And when I spoke to all the people who were attending there, it was just comforting to know that the global industry also feels that we should start looking at human behavior um, and incorporate it more into our research technologies, unfortunately, or research methodologies. Unfortunately, it's not something that can happen overnight. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, mm-hmm. we're, not, we're not moving as fast as I would like us to move, but I would be very happy to know that the agencies out there are also on board in terms of how do we start incorporating the human psychology and the way the human brain works into the way we do research methodology. Okay, coming up pretty short, we talk about LinkedIn and how effective LinkedIn really is. I'll look at your SMSs to 34701. We've got about two more minutes to go. Let, let's wrap up by talking about a very important issue, the, the size of the sample. If there's any criticism, generally it's those samples of 300 or 400 or 500 uh, you know, uh, people sample for an entire country. And just wondering how they do that. Jan, Jan Vachlin from uh, TNS Research, talk to me about that, the size of sample and, and how you can use that sample to still say we are convinced that we've got the right amount of research. Yeah. Okay. Maybe that's another sample that's gone wrong. Let's see if we can connect with Jan in a second. Sifiso, maybe you can just comment on that very quickly. Sifiso? Okay, I think we've lost... Uh, let me just see if I can reconnect there. Uh, Jan, do I have you there? Or Sifiso? Okay, I think we've lost, lost both of them. Okay. In fact, we've got about a minute to go, so we're going to wrap up. I'm okay. going to put it to you then, right? Yeah. Uh, because, again, you, you ultimately are the one who's paying for, for the work, right? How, how big an issue is that? 
the sample sizes. Yeah. It's, it's a big issue. We do know that um, statistically representative sample is a minimum of about 75 mm. in a quantitative study. If you're doing a qualitative, obviously it's, it's, it's a bit smaller because you're doing focus groups and the like. Um, it's very important because that means that your, your accuracy, the higher your sample, the higher your accuracy. So it's always great. But samples of about 200 or 300 are well accepted depending on the type of study you're doing. So, so convince me, why are they well accepted? To, and, and when I'm saying me, there's a whole lot of people listening who are not in the market research business, but mm. because they're in business and they want to get information. How does one you know, make a decision on the basis of sampling 100 people and say that represents their entire country? Because what we do is extrapolate it to represent the whole country. It's a technical uh, process that is done behind the scenes, but um, just over years it has been... Uh, uh, developed to make sure that it actually does represent the country. I wouldn't say hun- a sample of 100 is ideal for a quantitative study. We're talking now about 200, 300, which if it is sampled right in terms of the, 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 the demographic as well as the regional samples, depending on what the objectives were, then it can actually be taken into consideration as a good guide. Mm. But, but very importantly, and we'll, we'll wrap up with this, that from an industry point of view, it's accepted as the industry standard, isn't it? The sample size. Yeah. Yes. What, what I'm saying, the industry, the entire industry accepts that small sample size extrapolated in a scientific formula is considered acceptable, and that's important. It's very important and it is accepted. It will always be impossible to sample the whole country. Everybody understands that. So we've got to get to a point where we say what is an acceptable size, mm-hmm. and we've gotten to that point. Okay. In fact, we've got uh, the other two guests uh, back on the line, so let's just get them uh, to, to wrap up in, in, uh, in a few seconds. Jan, Jan get your final thoughts. Yes, my final thoughts on that is the, um, as, as Roxy was saying, and I'm, and I'm sorry I missed the, missed the part there, the um, sample is is obviously very important and it's attached to the target market and the kind of decisions you want to make. Um, and then in the other sense, is from a market research point of view, it is a, a changing industry with, as you touched on, the um, social media and bringing that into the fold of a normal standard survey and complementing that and building a, a, a better business platform for a, for a decision. Um, and in, in that sense, the working with the client and having a close relationship with them and understanding the business and the context and the category within which they operate, it is uh, an, an essential partnership to help the uh, business grow that we that we. Um, work with and that we give answers for. Okay, that's your thoughts. Final thoughts from uh, Sefiso? Yes, I think the main point I want to make is that the status of market research in South Africa remains relatively low. Um, In fact, uh, within boardrooms, uh, market research is respected but not as it should be. Uh, to the extent that that can influence the kinds of decisions that are made regarding the sample size, for example, the questionnaire, the methodology, and that sort of thing. Um, so we, we need to see perhaps uh, a greater appreciation of the fact that if you can't understand it, it doesn't guarantee that you can, you can sell it. Or the fact that you, you, you can't advertise it until you're blue in the face in the hope that you will sell it. So the status of market research, I think, is relatively low. And uh, that is, to a large extent, uh, due to the fact that there's still um, less than adequate levels of appreciation of the value 
that uh, uh, credible uh, market research done at the right time, the right way, uh, what that can bring and add to an organization. All right, so the appreciation is rather low, Sophie. So then the, my final comment to you, what, what, what would you like to do to fix it, to raise the appreciation level of market research? Uh, obviously, working with those that do appreciate it and showcasing their their success their successes with with that, and um, also, I mean, uh, asking clients, for example, to critically look at decisions they've made. For instance, the amount of advertising spend they've dedicated to certain brands, and 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 critically assess the return on that. And, for example, with a little bit of uh, 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 spend in research, some of those costs might have been averted because we're still predominantly in a, in a mode that says we will advertise it until it sells. Mm. Whereas research can uh, simulate the market, certain conditions, and one is able to, to, to then actually uh, make better decisions. So I think clients need to also be made aware of the fact that certain decisions where they spend vast amount of, of money um, are not necessarily always justifiable, where they can use good research and save themselves millions and millions of rand. Okay, and that's where we're going to leave it, Sifiso so Falana. Thanks so much for your time uh, from uh, Plus94 Research. Jan Wachelen, Senior Team Leader at uh, for Research for TNS Johannesburg, and uh, Roxy Makache, who is the Group Research Manager at Tiger Brands, most appreciate your input as well. You can call in as well or even comment off the air, that is via email uh, or SMS to 34701. Someone saying, uh, let me just pick up these uh, questions because I think they're related to this. Um, okay, I'll come back to that in a moment. But I'll tell you what, Lucanio, thanks for listening. How do I know Lucanio is listening? Because he's commented on Twitter, so that's my way of research. You see, <laughs> that's just a strange way that we all work in this world. LinkedIn, does it really work for you? Coming up right after this.